0: Welcome to Inspirational Leadership! Uh, For those of you who are new to the show, for Inspirational Leadership what I'm creating here is episodes where I talk to progressive CEOs, uh, progressive HR leaders, thought leaders who are talking about leadership and what it means to create positive work cultures where people can do their best work and where leaders are living and breathing the values. And I am um, very excited, thrilled for today's guest, who is Liz Elting. Uh, Liz is the former CEO of TransPerfect, and she's also the founder and CEO of Elizabeth Elting Foundation. Welcome, Liz.:
1: Thank you so much, Kristen. I'm so excited to be here talking to you. so thank you.:
0: Thank you, Liz. so Liz, the first thing I always start with my guests, you know, the word inspirational leadership can mean so many things to each of us. So when you hear inspirational leadership, what does that mean to you?
1: Sure. That's a, that's a great question because that's what we all want, isn't it? So I think when we have a, a boss or a leader of our company, you know, there's a saying, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Mm-hmm. So I think certainly when it's your direct supervisor, you want someone who shows they care about you as a person and someone who wants you to do well, to for you to grow, be promoted and develop you. And you know that's how I, I certainly have always tried to lead. And I've also enjoyed being led. So basically when I hire people, I'm looking for people who I can see in the most senior position at my company. Someone who's a future leader, someone who's promotable, even if it's for an entry-level position. And I think the people being hired, that's what they want. Someone who, number one, cares about their development, is looking to promote them, and then also, as I said earlier, cares about them as a person.
0: Yeah, absolutely, That's, that's critical, the caring factor. And you can't fake caring. People can feel and tell if you're genuinely caring about them. Uh, And we're human beings. We go to to the workplace to be in community and we want to have those people care us. Um, Um, Oh, just lost you there for a second. There you are. You're back. Hi, I'm so sorry. I apologize for that. No, that's okay. Um, So Liz, what do you think about, I'm sure you've had some inspiring leaders Um, Who comes to mind for you you? And if you think about some of those inspiring leaders, I think what makes them inspiring is how they show up in the day to day. And sometimes there's those, those things that you remember that time where, wow, that leader, you know, if I can emulate them and do things like that, they really were leading by example. How has that shown up for you where a leader has really shown you what it looks like to be an inspiring leader?
1: Right, and and I will tell you my my history is I've I've not had a boss for ma- for many many years. I I started my company tw- when I was twenty six, so twenty seven years ago. Yeah. So I'm trying to think leaders at my company. Certainly, I've seen people who are leading other people, and as far as what's in spot, what what makes them inspirational, I think it's. And this is what I try to do as well. Um, really, leading with their values, and and that's the number one thing to me. And you know, when I I mentioned a couple things about being an inspirational leader, but the most important thing to me is someone who has values that I respect, and values such as integrity and hard work and results and all of that. And if they are leading with their values, then I'm incredibly inspired by them. Yeah.
0: Um, And Liz, that brings up when you started to talk about, that's true. Like you started your own company, you were um, co-CEO. Talk to me a little bit around that journey. What made you start the company? And, you know, what are, what are some of the big lessons that you had as a leader leading an organization?
1: Sure. Well, I had many, many lessons because we made many, many mistakes. I made many, many mistakes. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, as I mentioned, I started it when I was, very young. So as far as I can tell you what led me to start it, but in a nutshell, I worked at another company in the industry and I loved the industry. It was the translation industry. Anything that a company needed in a foreign language um, is what we were doing. And But back then, there weren't nearly as many, we weren't working in as many deliverables. It was PowerPoint. uh, I'm sorry. It was Microsoft Word and Word Perfect. That was it. When it was also, if a client needed something, I would have to tell them it took 10, 10 pages would take a week when I knew it could be done in two days and that type of thing. So I thought I'm going to do it better. I'm going to create a company that has top of the line service, top of the line quality, real sense of urgency, and build the biggest company in the industry. So that was what led me to start the company But um, as far as things I did wrong, mistakes I made, I I think that was your original question. And boy, did I do things wrong. When In the early days, we had to work a lot of hours to build the company. And I remember we had employees coming in and they were having to pull all-nighters. And we thought, well, we need the work done. This is who we have. So we would just pay them a little more money or pay them what we thought was a good amount more money. But that wasn't enough. They would burn out, yeah. no matter if it was, you know, whether it was 50% more or, or double what they thought they needed to make when they didn't have their life. You know, that that was the worst thing. They needed that work-life balance. So that happened in the early days, even later on, as we were growing, people would work crazy hours at times, and we lost a lot of people um, in the early days and early years. And so we worked very hard on then figuring out, okay, how do we have multiple shifts? How do we set it up so nobody is you know, working such crazy hours that they don't have a work-life balance and they want to leave, even you know, with whatever money they're making. So that was certainly a big mistake. Um, we have plenty of others I could talk about, but that you know, it's all about the people in the end. So that was, that was a critical lesson for us to learn.
0: Yeah, that's a big one, right? And you don't really realize it. And then you start to, it's not going to be sustainable. And right. in terms of creating a place where they can do their best work, if they're completely burnt out, they're not going to be able to do that. And with you being really aligned with your values, you're not wanting to, them to go to a place where they don't get to see their family. and <laughs> They're in the office all of the time. So um, so I love right. That
1: it. Right. And I think, you know, sure. I mean, that is obviously, logical. It makes sense. It's not a big surprise, but I think we figured we're doing it. So if we give them more money, they'll do it. But not everybody is motivated that way. Actually, some people are and some for the money. If they're getting paid double what they would elsewhere, maybe they'll work the crazy hours, but then there are plenty that don't want that. And we needed to make sure we were setting it up for everybody at all levels of the company. And then certainly when people get married and have kids, even the ones who are working the, the crazy hours, they, they need more time. And so that was very important. Um, yeah, That's certainly you know, one big thing that we worked very hard to, to not mess up on you know, year after year because it was all about the people. Yeah, Recruiting, hiring, yeah. Uh, training, promoting, developing people. That was the key to our success. So, so we really needed to focus on that.
0: So when you think about yourself and your own internal journey as a leader, because I believe as leaders, and technically we're all leaders, whether you have that as a title or not, right? You have an opportunity to think about how you're showing up in the world. What, um, you know, starting off that many years ago and, and going into leadership, I'm sure there was a big evolution. How did you work on your own personal development and growth as a leader?
1: Oh, wow. Well, I I certainly watched other leaders both inside my company because often I would hire people and I would see that they had an incredibly motivated team. They were able to retain their their team team. So I watched them, and then outside of my company, I watched what they were doing. Yeah. So just from afar, and then I. I read a lot of books Mm -hmm. about business, Mm -hmm. you know, a book a week. I mean, many books about business over the year just to keep improving, keep learning because I think leadership is, is really an art. And, and, and it takes a whole lifetime to learn. There's always room for improvement. There's always ways to do it better. So I, I focused a lot on that. I mean, so, as I said, it was watching people and trying to replicate what they were doing. Right. It was reading. And then it was, Going out there and networking and having conversations with mm-hmm. leaders. Um, so those were things that I did to become better. And you know, as I said, there's, there's, there's more. You know, we can always do. There's more we can do, and and that's what I've been doing.
0: I'm curious if you ever had anyone along the journey um, in terms of um, structured mentors or worked with any coaches. Um, From my experience, every time I talk to leaders, they've had, sometimes it's been, you know, a a mentor has actually been assigned to them in the organization, but a lot of times it just happens organically. So I'm wondering if you've had mentors or worked with any coaches.
1: Sure. And I do have a, a great example of that because, when we were about two years into the company, 19 we started in 92 and then in 1994, 1995, in the very early days, yeah. when we had maybe a handful of salespeople, maybe four or five salespeople, yeah. um, I went and I heard a, a sales coach named Jack Daly yeah. speak about leading salespeople. Yeah. And I was wowed by him he had so much great advice. Yeah. So I listened to him. I took it back to the company with me. And then I got, he and he was speaking to a group of entrepreneurs about managing salespeople. So it was perfect for me yeah. and for us. And so I called him up and brought him back to the company many times over the years mm-hmm. to be a, a sales coach who was helping us. Yeah. And as I said, in the early days, it was when we had four or five salespeople. In the later days, we had as many as 600 salespeople, but he came to us when it was a small group, and he would do one-on-one coaching with them, and we would sit alongside him and watch my partner, and I would do that, and then in the later days, he would get in front of a room and talk to them about how to be better salespeople when we had hundreds of salespeople, and he would jump on tables. He was fabulous, but um, he was a great coach as far as giving me advice on how to be a better sales leader and be a better leader in general. And then also he he worked with our people directly and he was fantastic. He also wrote several books yeah. and I read them, those books. So uh, yeah, I, he was a good example of a coach and a mentor. Also, I'd say my parents. Yeah. My parents were um, just over the years, they've they've led by example from the day I was born, you know, from, or from when I remember my earliest years and to this day, I call them, I ask them for advice, and they're, they're amazing.
0: Yeah, it's such a, I've heard a lot of people say that, right? Their mentors, those people who were the leaders that they were witnessing when they were younger were their parents, right? And they're trying to right. end like those positive behaviors that, that they're showing. And I'm sure there must have been something in your parents, like for you to just jump off and be like, yeah, I'm just going to start a company, right? There are certain um, skills and characteristics that they, they, they helped to, to, um, to, to almost like blossom and create in you to make you, you know, there's part of it that's just the innate, right? But I'm sure witnessing a lot of the skills and talents that they brought created some inspiration for starting your own company as well.
1: Absolutely. Um, It was everything from the, okay, I mean, there were a number of things. They told me never be financially dependent on anyone, um, including a man, of course. So that was a very valuable lesson. I watched as my father in his role, um, ultimately as president of Gray Advertising, he had eight senior vice presidents reporting to him and six of them were women. Which was fabulous, this was back in the '80s, so yay <laughs> well, he got it. Um, my mom was incredibly motivated she she had an amazing career. Uh, she actually I mean just on, on the woman 's thing for a moment she she could have been whatever she wanted in life she, I mean as far as having the abilities, she ended she was valedictorian of her class in high school with over 700 students but But, and she wanted to be a doctor and she was told, well, you can either be a mother or a doctor. What do you want to do? And she ended up being, choosing to be a mother. And so she ended up having a career in education and she did a fabulous job and she was teacher of the year and all that. But, um, you know, so they, my parents encouraged me to work, to have a career. Uh, We also lived in three countries. By the time I went to college, they were very interested in that which is international and one of them was for an entrepreneurial opportunity for my dad from so that was how I think got interested in entrepreneurship and the international piece of it so yes great role models but the values the values yes
0: the value because yeah,
1: that that's really what's relevant to all of us right I mean as I said before integrity I was taught honesty is the only policy um, you know, it was about hard work. The harder you work, the luckier you get. Um, Being kind and respectful. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. I mean, all of these values were what I was taught growing up, and they're my life values. And then I I made them part of the values of our company as well. So I mean, we had 10
0: core values, but those were three of them. Yeah, beautiful. Like living and breathing them. And what a great example of your dad surrounding himself with senior female leaders. I mean, that's also empowering you to realize what's possible, right? Because sometimes people, girls, were not seeing those women in senior level positions. So uh, amazing for you. Um, something else that jumps out at me as you were talking about the growth of the, the company, you know, you started with a sales team of this many people and then this many by the end. So tell me about that growth. So for how many employees did you have when you, you first started and how many employees would there have been when you left?
1: Well, okay. So when we started, I basically was working with my partner. So yeah. there were the two of us, my business partner, okay. and we started out of an NYU business school dorm room. Yeah. And the goal was within six months to be in an office. So the two of us started At the end, well, right now there are over, I I think when I sold last year, there were over 4,000 employees globally. Um, I mean, so that was how we grew. But I really attribute our success to a few things. And I think this is very important for companies. One is we were very sales focused. Um, As I mentioned, I think we had as many as 600 salespeople. And that was very important because we're constantly focusing on taking care of the clients, yes. basically relationship management. And we needed a lot of salespeople in order to do that. And then new business development in order to grow into the world's largest language solutions company, which is what we were able to do But the other piece, and there were a number of things we did to motivate the salespeople and the employees in general, as far as comp plans, as far as perks, yes. etc. But the other piece of it and actually related to that is the culture. Mm. It's all about the people. And certainly in a, business to business service it's all about the people and in the service industry but but in any company I believe and so the my goal was always to be an employer of choice in our industry and really ideally in any industry yeah. so focused a lot on the culture and keeping people happy and getting feedback from them um, you know regular surveys of the employees and then exit interviews when they left figure out how, how could we be better? How could we treat them better? And how could we be a better company?
0: That's what I love to hear, right? When it's really intentional and it's, it's a different place to come from. Yes, of course you want to be a profitable company. You know, you didn't just start the company for fun. Um, But you're realizing not only can be a profitable company, you're also going to bring these people all together why not create something where they can do their best work and be happy every day at work Um, and, and caring like you said right from the beginning to circle back right where you care a lot about the people where there are those values and that culture is really important um just to to like a second additional question around there why do you think some organizations don't they say they care about culture but it's too much of a tick box exercise you know, what's keeping them from really, uh, genuinely, authentically making culture a priority?
1: I think they think that if they put revenue and profit first, um, that, that that has to be the priority, is what they think. But I, I believe that if you put culture first and you align the employees the company's incentives with the employees incentives. So when the company does well, the employees do well. If you have a great culture, the revenue and profit follow. I truly believe that, but I think often companies feel like you know, revenue and profit above all come first, and we can't create the perfect culture with that, you know, because of that. So I think that that can be companies' challenges, but I don't, you know, I don't believe that. I feel like in our experience, we saw if the culture yeah. comes first, and then the rest follows. Yeah.
0: Yes, and that's why I love having people like you share your experience because when you are people-centric, it does have a very positive impact on the profitability and there is a return on investment when you're, when you're intentional in that way. Um, Liz, I don't want to forget to ask you about your foundation. So tell me about what made you start the foundation and what you're focused on there.
1: Sure, absolutely. I will say uh, the reason I started is I sold my my half of the company last year and along the way i encountered issues with sexism and um yeah i mean basically misogyny sexual discrimination all of that and I, i i encountered it before i started my company and then while i was in my role i encountered it so i thought i want to do something to help support and empower women now i can make that my main focus so that is the mission of my company and i say women but also other marginalized populations i wow. i'm interested in that as well i will say i also get involved in both heart disease and cancer wow. because those are the two biggest killers of people and you know in the world and so i i do those things as well with my philanthropic work but the core mission comes back to helping support and empower women and achieve and other marginalized populations and achieve equality for all.
0: Mm, such beautiful impact you're making in the world with that. I have so enjoyed this conversation, Liz. Um, but as we end today's conversation, um, any final thoughts you'd like to leave with us with the audience?
1: Oh, well, thank you. I've so enjoyed it as well, Kristen. I I, I love talking to you and I I just, um. You know, I'm I'm very excited for what we have going forward. I I love that we have more entrepreneurs than we've ever seen. I I see a lot of women entrepreneurs. I think that's fantastic. I I see a big change from when I started because it wasn't uh, quite the thing to be an entrepreneur in the uh, '80s when I started working. Whereas now, I think it's wonderful because people really can be the master of their own destiny if they do it. They can live their their ideal life, their perfect life, and they can create the culture that they want within their company. If they're not finding it elsewhere, and if you're in a corporation, you may not be for whatever reason. Uh, You know, what we were just talking about, either, you know, the values of the company or the way certain people are treated. So I'm a big advocate of women being entrepreneurs and creating their own, you know, perfect world. And um, I think anybody can do it. It's just about putting in the time and wowing the client with service and wowing the employees with with the culture um and i I think um it's just a wonderful thing and i I love talking about it and, and i think we're in a great place for people to do it right now and it's a very exciting time with technology to you know and people being able to work remotely there are a lot of ways it can get done more easily than it could years ago. And I'm, I'm such a fan of it and so excited about it. And um, I just say, you know, go do it. If, yeah. if you're thinking about it, if you have an idea, what do you have to lose? It's exciting. Go do it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> such a great way to end it. And it's such a good reminder too, because there's been so many statistics show uh, some as high as 70, 80% of people hate their job uh, to empower people to remember it's a choice and that they can design their reality. And while it might feel scary at first, you know, surround yourself with good people. Um, there are opportunities. And sometimes it might even be that you don't have to go start your own company, but you're not happy where you are. Go to another company that has the right values. Don't feel like you're stuck.
1: You're absolutely right. And one other thing on that, because yes, I mean, there are many great companies out there and people may even be at them. So then it's about entrepreneurship, right? Yeah. Starting your own, Uh, department, idea, company within your company. I mean, at my company, one of the values was own it, meaning treating the company like your own. And we had a lot of people who were did were entrepreneurs within our company. And if people have ideas and they can do them at their own company and they will be funded and supported by their company, that's a great way to create their own perfect world as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Such a good reminder. Liz, I have really, really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you for being here today. Thank you so much, Kristen.
1: Wonderful speaking with you. And I really, yeah, I just really appreciate it. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you.